Hey, Easton. Look at your neighbor if you have one and say, hey, brother. Hey, sister. What up, fam? You look good. I look good. Okay. Um, so I'm Nikita. I'm going to be um, leading us in worship today. And so before I begin, um, I'm going to start with a scripture from Psalms 27. Um, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise in the name of Jesus, though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing that I desire of the Lord, that will I seek for. That I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have arisen against me, and such as and such breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I was an intern last year. I was a songwriting intern. And during my, during my summer here, there was a couple murders of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. And we had a lament service here. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. A whole bunch of white people and a couple black people and a couple people from the neighborhood talking about Black Lives Matter and the killing of black men and police brutality all in one place. And I was angry. I was furious about what's happening in our country. Yeah, but I was talking to a friend today and she was like, hey, Makita, you don't seem as angry as I've seen you be when past tragedies arise in our country. And I'm not actually angry. And I was surprised to realize that this is an anger. I'm, I'm full of joy and confidence in the Lord, because if you didn't know, so what's happening in Charlottesville right now, there's a Confederate statue up. And there are talks about it being taken down. And I believe it's going to be taken down. And some people are angry. White supremacy is angry. And they had a protest yesterday. And there was a, a national clergy call from Charlottesville. And on Friday evening, they had a, a service, a prayer service and a gathering from, of clergy people from all over the nation. Myself, Aaron, and Toya were there to help sing. And the thing that we saw there, we saw Muslims, they read from the Quran, which was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. They had LGBTQ clergy, they had um, Jewish rabbis there, and they had people of different denominations of Christianity. But the thing about it was, the Lord was present. And the thing about it was, there were a whole bunch of white people over the age of 40 in Charlottesville, Virginia. And they were all there because they cared about black people, they cared about dismantling white supremacy, they cared about our nation. And you know what they also did? They cared about it because the Lord will make a way. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced because it wasn't just justice for all. It wasn't just one people with one people with one people. We were all together, the nations, 
proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. There, they were standing arm in arm at the rally yesterday. And I have confidence. I have confidence that this is going to be okay. That we will be victorious. That the God of our salvation will be exalted. That these powers will not win. We're fighting a spiritual battle here. And the devil will not be victorious. So, this is not a service of lament. This is not a service where we're going to mourn. We will have confidence. And I want to encourage you to have confidence. Because the thing about it is, we are all made in the image of God. And God is going to call his children to himself. So we will have confidence. We will stand with each other and with God. Please rise and sing this with us. See, the thing about it is, one more thing. We need some new systems. We need some new structures. But he is the God who builds. We need to be, we need to repent of hatred in our hearts for each other. But he is the one who saves. And we're going to be okay because he is the God who prospers and evil has no claim. So this is our prayer. It says, spirit pour out and flood this city. Heaven come down and shake the walls. Thank you, Jesus. Fill us, Lord, the world is waiting. Sing, Father, let, Father, let your kingdom come. One more time. Sit, Spirit, pour out. Thanks, everybody. We're going to have a word now. Let's receive Aaron. It's good to be here with you guys today. I uh, I was supposed to, I was on a schedule to preach a couple of weeks ago. I found out a couple of weeks ago that I was supposed to preach today. And um, in light of recent events in our neighboring city, Charlottesville, um, I decided to kind of alter what I was going to originally preach on. Um, but I, after I decided to do that, I still didn't know what to say. Um, because for several reasons, um, this weekend has been really impactful for me. One, um, as a, it's, it's incredible that it's me standing up here preaching this as the lone female black person on the teaching staff at this church. Uh, I'm preaching this Sunday after the events in Charlottesville. And I'm also a graduate of the University of Virginia. So Charlottesville, it was the second home. So it just feels weird. So if my thoughts are, are all over the place, y'all are family. We're all family. Just pray for me. Just say, Holy Ghost, please help her. And it'll be fine. All right. So I just want us to remember two things. Well, there's one big thing and then there's two things under that. The one big thing is that we are in a battle. As a body of Christ, we are constantly in a battle, right? The first thing I want us to remember is that the weapons of our warfare, our weapons are not carnal, are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. The weapons of our warfare, the, the weapons that belong to us, born again believers, people who have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, our weapons are not physical, but they are mighty through God. The second thing is our enemy is very real, but our enemy is not human. Our enemy is very, very real, but our enemy is not human. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10. I think Jordan has it on the screen. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all can stand. Y'all must stand up and sit down a lot, but y'all can stand again if you're able. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, it says, let's read it together. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I have another one. It's Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. 
It says a final word. Read with me. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You guys can have your seats. Father, we thank you for your presence here. God, we thank you for your holy power that gives us new life. We thank you that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living and active in us right now, God. Lord, I pray that you would sharpen our understanding, God. Lord, make us quick to hear and quick to be obedient to the words that you would have us to do and to say, God. Lord, be with your people, Lord. Be with me, Lord. Say what you want to say, Lord God. I pray that the, our hearts are soft and ready to receive your word. And it's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So like I was telling people before I got up here, I was like, I just don't even really, really know what to say. But in case you guys have missed it, which many of us I'm sure have not missed it, if you've been on social media or watch television, news channels in the past 48 hours. Uh, there was an alt-right rally scheduled for Saturday, August 12th. That was yesterday. And it was to be called Unite the Right. The effort was led by a man named Jason Kessler, and it was supported and attended by white nationalist groups from around the country. It was a response to the city of Charlottesville deciding to take down a statue of Robert E. Lee, a general in an army that failed at its mission. So... Um, when news broke that, or when uh, the church found out that this alt-right rally was happening, there was an all-clergy call sent out from various clergy in Charlottesville, asked clergy near and far to participate in an interfaith prayer meeting on Friday night, so the night before the rally was scheduled to happen, August 11th. So Makita, Toya, and I go down to Charlottesville because we were asked to help out with some of the music by our friend Tracy Wispaway. So we did some of the music. We were singing freedom songs all night. We were singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, all of that. You know what I'm saying? Having a good time, clapping, stomping. Um, maybe like uh, before, uh, 20 minutes before, well, right when we were about to wrap up, we had like one more song to do. Cornell West had come and talked. Tracy Blackman had come and preached. Tore the house down, all of that. So we were getting ready to wrap it up and go home. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and then somebody says, hey, y'all. Um, they're having another a pre-rally march across the street. So we were at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Charlottesville, and across the street from that is the Rotunda, a really like important piece of architecture at UVA. So across the street from the Rotunda, they were like, yeah, they got tiki torches, tiki torches of all the kinds of torches. They got tiki torches, and they're standing in front of the Rotunda. And so... Um, one of the fellas that was helping lead the music, they were like, all right, let's sing louder. Let's clap. Let's stop. So we were like, this little light of mine, hey, I'm going to, yeah. We were doing literally all of that, stomping and clapping. People were stomping and clapping on one, two, three, and four. It was great. <laughs> and, you know, it was, a, it was a multicultural group. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> But we were making a lot of noise. So we were like, okay, whoo, thank you, God, our Father. Thank you, Supreme Creator. We love you. We believe that love wins all, love conquers all. And as we were getting ready to gather our belongings, the police said, y'all can't leave because they've surrounded the church. They've surrounded the church with torches. And so we were, I was like, what? Excuse, what do you mean? I felt like I was watching Mississippi Burning or like just, you know, just a movie that this is not my life. This is, you know, this is 2017 America. I'm at the University of Virginia. Like what's happening? So, I mean, of course my flesh rose up and I was like, I ain't scared. Let me out. Let somebody do something to me. I'm a, what was I literally, what was I going to do? <laughs> then there was another part of me that was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's some white boys out there with torches. Like, I just have no, like, who do I think I am? But literally, I heard in my mind, who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. And then, I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to fear. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. And so I had 
to tell myself that. So me, Makita, and Toya, like, so I tried to act like I was bold and had no fear. And I was like, yeah, let's go. But then I got shook. And then I was like, let's wait. But... <laughs> And then I was just like, you know what? I don't have to. This is all internal. They didn't hear none of this. This is all internal. I was like, I don't have to be afraid. Because just like the psalmist, you know, um, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the rod and the staff is not just about discipline. The shepherds used the rod and the staff to beat off the bears and all the other stuff that wanted to come and attack the sheep. So your rod and your staff, you comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever we literally had to walk down a dark alley to get to our car and there was this little sweet lady oh she was so old and beautiful um little sweet white lady she had white hair she was so small. She was like, I'll escort you guys to your car. And we were like, are you sure? And she was just like, yeah. She was like, let me just go walk down the alley and make sure the coast is clear. I was like, lady, are you joking? So she literally, I'm, I poked my head out the door. For a while, they wouldn't let us even, the doors were locked. But after a while, they were letting white people out and they weren't letting black people out. They were like, people of color stay inside the building. So... I, I poked my head out to see this little old white lady teetering down the alley, literally teetering, God bless her, teetering down the, the alley, and I, she was gone for a while, and then she came back, and she was like, all right, y'all, come with me, so we followed her, and we got to our car, we got out there safely, praise God, and we carried ourselves right on home to Richmond, but it just is crazy to me that in this world, in 2017, in Charlottesville, a place where I spent most of my time, that I had to be tiptoeing out the back of a church building to get to a car safely because I didn't know what was fitting to go down. There was a bunch of people who were like, you know what? White lives matter. You will not replace us. It was a really, really real thing. And then on Saturday... I watched the events uh, of Saturday unfold via the news and social media from the comfort of my comfort and safety of my own home. Um, it broke my heart to see a car literally mowing people down as they counter protested those uh, who were like spewing racist and anti-Semitic um, and homophobic epithets. They were counter-protesting them, and then somebody just, in a Dodge Challenger, just went smooth down the street and mowed them over. And one young lady, her name is Heather Heyer, 32 years old, died. 19 people were injured. And through the violence in the events of the past days, I just, I just, it saddened me, but I wasn't surprised. In fact, I... You know, I mid key, I mid to high key expected it, and so I. This what I'm about to tell y'all, talk to y'all tonight is literally my process of questions to the Lord, and I'm just like, Lord, how come when people are peacefully trying to stand against systems of injustice or systems of oppression, why is there why are they losing their lives? Why are they why is there injury? Like what's hap- like? What is that about? Why is that happening? And so I started to think back about the history of the Bible and when oppression was thrown off, like examples that were given. And a couple of big examples stood out in my mind. The first example is um, when the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt, right? So the children of Egypt, uh, excuse me, the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt, scholars say anywhere from 215 years to 430 years. The exact amount of time isn't certain, but it's hundreds and hundreds of years. And um, the people cried out to God. They're like, God, please help us. Please help us. Please save us. And God rose up Moses to save his people. And so Moses and his brother Aaron went to Pharaoh and they said, hey, Pharaoh, listen to this, bro. The God of the children of Israel, our God, the only wise God, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords says, can you let the, not can you, let these people go. And so Pharaoh was like, 
I don't know your God. Who was this God to me? Why would I let these people go? Pharaoh was concerned with holding on to his power and holding on to his own deities, displaying the works of whatever deity he bowed down to. And so as a result of that, the Lord hardened his already hard heart. And the Egyptians, if y'all don't know the story, had to learn the hard way. They had uh, thousands of people die in the Red Sea after the Israelites had crossed over safely. So that was one story of when oppression is thrown off, it ended in violence, right? then I, I thought, I was like, well, Lord, are there any examples? You know, your people out here praying and crying, we just, you know, we want a peaceful exchange. We want, you know, it to be peace and, you know, shalom and not death and dying. But there is an example of that in scripture. This is really interesting. I never thought about it until uh, this weekend. So track with me, y'all. This might be, uh, get a little convoluted. So the Jewish people were in exile in Babylon, right? Y'all track with me. They were in exile in Babylon. They had just done reckless in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord was like, you know what? I'm going to cause the foreign nation to come and snatch you out your land because y'all are disobedient. You don't listen to a thing I say. This is what y'all are getting. So the Jewish people were in exile. The king that brought them into Babylon to exile was Nebuchadnezzar. If you know who Nebuchadnezzar is, he wasn't great. He built up an idol of his own image. He was like, bow down to this idol. I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And Daniel then was like, no, we ain't going to do it. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that won't Daniel. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was like, no, we ain't going to do it. And they threw him in the furnace. And all that good stuff. But then after Nebuchadnezzar died, there was another king, and his name was Cyrus, right? And so Ezra records Cyrus. It says, it says that God moved on the heart of Cyrus, and Cyrus said, look, the Lord has spoken to me. He's given me uh, all these lands. He's given me all these kingdoms. He's appointed me to enable the building of the temple, the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. So Cyrus, while the Jews had been in exile for a a number of years, he sent those people back into Judea to give them... Uh, to, so that they can rebuild their land, so that they can rebuild their temple. But what's unique about that was he let them leave the land of exile and he gave them gold, huh? He gave them silver. He gave them animals. He gave them everything they needed. This is the oppressor now, y'all. Gave them gold, silver, everything they needed in order to rebuild the land of the temple. And it wasn't just him. It was the people in the land that gave them gold, silver, everything they needed to rebuild rebuild their temple to go over back into their homeland and prosper. And so I was thinking about those two examples and I was just like, man, it doesn't surprise me that when oppression is trying to be thrown off in this, in this country, that it's ending in violence, that it's existing in violence because the spiritual thoughts, the spirits that are governing this land, the white supremacy, the racial hierarchies are acting more like Pharaoh holding on to their power, holding on to what they deem to be great than they are Cyrus. So it's not going to be often a peaceful change transition a peaceful off throwing of oppression because listen the systems of this world they acting like pharaoh they just ain't trying to get right god is trying to give you opportunity after opportunity and y'all trying to grasp not y'all but the spirits are trying to grasp on to you know keep on keeping on with what they got so i was just like okay lord that makes sense so then i was just like lord What's the church's role in all of this? What does God have to say to his people on the subject of justice? So, of course, I went to my favorite scripture. It's Isaiah 58, 6 and 7. And uh, the Lord is talking to his people, uh, and they're in, they're actually in exile at this, at this time, and they've begun to act like the people that they've been around. They've become to act, they started acting like their oppressors, right? And so they're saying, God, man, we've been worshiping, we've been praying, we've been fasting, but we don't see no fruit. What's going on with that? And God was like, well, when you be fasting, you be oppressing your workers, you be lying on people, you be stealing, you be cheating and all that stuff. So, you know, no, I'm ignoring everything that you're offering. And he says, this is what I want you to do. Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked 
to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. You might be saying, God is talking to a completely different culture, a completely different time, but people of God, that word is not just for the Jewish people, it's also for us. Because uh, because as Christians, we are called to act like Christ. And further in Isaiah 61, the loosing the bonds of uh, wickedness to undo the undoing of the straps of the yoke, that's what Jesus did for us. In Isaiah 61, it says, Lord, y'all know my Bible app had to close down. Dang. I have my little rhythm. Okay, it says the spirit of the sovereign. This is is a messianic prophecy. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's what Christ came to do for us. So since we are Christ followers, Christians means we are little Christs, we are called to do the same thing in the, in the earth. We are called to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Listen, when oppression is thrown off, is thrown off, don't be upset, don't be shocked, I'll say, when the status quo is disrupted. That's how it has to be. When Jesus came, the status quo was disrupted completely. And so what more? Jesus said, greater things are you going to do than I did. So with the church, it's now time for us to rise up and be like Jesus Christ and disrupt the status quo. No matter what it means to our comfort or to our wallets or to our sense of safety or well-being, we've got to throw off this oppression because that's what Jesus Christ did for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't deserve it. But our response is to live a life poured out in the presence of God for the lost, for the sick, for the forgotten, for the marginalized. That's what we are called to do. And you might be saying, all right, Aaron, I've been doing it. I open, I open up my home for the, uh, homeless. I done clothed the naked. I done prayed. We done had prayer service after prayer service at this church. Lamented, cried, sucked, mighty Lord, your mighty Lord. And I'm still waiting for the Lord to rise up. It seems like the same thing keeps on happening and happening over and over again. What are we supposed to do? And so I was, you know, I think the same thing sometimes. I'm the one having all these, uh, prayer services and sometimes I'll be like, well, Lord, Huh? We waiting on you? And so I, I said to the Lord, I said, what? I just had this thought. Well, what happens when your prayers aren't answered in your lifetime? Because we have scriptural precedent for that. The Israelites were in Egypt for hundreds of years and they groaned and they cried. And it took 400 years before Moses got himself together to to, uh, say, Pharaoh, let my people go. Hundreds of years. The Israelites were oppressed by foreign countries for hundreds of years before Jesus came. They prayed and cried for a Messiah. People lived, they died, they got married, they had children, they raised families, they had careers, they died praying and they didn't see what they were praying for. But this church, us, we right now, if we pray and it doesn't happen instantaneously, we're ready to throw in the towel and say it ain't never going to happen, pray it don't work. But if the church stops praying, then what's the world's hope? We here in this room are the result of untold numbers of people praying and fasting, turning down their plates, praying that Christ would make it. We're the result of Jesus' prayer. When he prayed to the Father, Lord, make your church one as we are one. Honey, we are the results of that in this room. There's different people. We got different kinds of people here, black, white, brown, Latino, Asian. We got poor people in here. We got rich people. We got people like me who don't know what's up or down. We all in here together, and that's as a result of people generations who didn't see it praying that it would happen we are here today because of people's prayers and black people in the room you're here today because of the prayers of your ancestors come on somebody you are the answer to the prayers listen y'all and it hurts me when i think about this too long 
I think about, man, the color of my skin, every breath I breathe in this place, in this city, in this state, in this country. I look at my skin and I'm reminded that my ancestors were stolen and brought over here. But y'all, listen, listen, listen. We're here. We're here because our ancestors prayed us through. They prayed us through to this point. They may not have seen us get being able to sit together with all these white people and uh, Asian people and Latino people and they call them family and call them community, but we're here because of their prayers. Even Ephesians 6 says, listen, okay, so we talked about Ephesians 6 earlier when it was like a weapons of our warfare. Um, Nope, it says, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. It says, um, stand ground, putting on the belt of truth in the body armor of God's righteousness. Shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows. After you've done all of that, God says, listen, all you, you just got to stand. Makita said earlier, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Just wait on the Lord. It is, listen, there's pain in the waiting. I'm a witness. There is pain in the waiting, but church, we cannot stop praying. It hurts me when I hear the people of God saying that it's time to start, stop praying and it's time to start fighting. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. And listen to y'all, listen y'all, we've got to be effectually and fervently praying. Are we praying to the point that we turn it down our plates? Huh? That we cutting off the TV? That we shutting off Facebook? Are we praying? Are we crying out like that for our city? For our neighborhood? So if we offer up these little frail prayers, Lord, please bless Churchill, and then we don't see no fruit, listen, we got to, you know, I'm talking to myself too. Listen, don't hear me. Listen, don't hear me and be like, Aaron, you know, she's so anointed and deep. She be in her prayer closet all the time. No, the Lord is saying, look at you. What do you be doing? Watching TV all the time. Exactly. We've got to keep praying. We've got to keep holding on. We've got to keep standing because we're in a battle that's already been won. But God, y'all, we're in a broken, broken world and they need to see us. They need to see us standing firm on the word of God. They need to see us putting our trust and putting our hope in him. They need to see joy from us. Y'all, the church, if we, we, listen, we walking around with the saddest, longest faces out of everybody. Like we have no hope. Like there's no hope for the world, but the hope for the world has come. The light has come and his name is Jesus Christ and he's alive in each one of us today and if you don't believe it please believe it it's true Jesus is the light of the world and his light is shining out through us oh but if we would only let him shine I just want us to remember two things The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. We don't fight. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We're in the world, but we don't fight the way the world fights. Our fighting is not the way the world fights. It says, on the contrary, the way that we fight, it has divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is the word of God spoken to the church. You have power to do this. You have power to make every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God against the knowledge that each of us is created in the image of God. You can put that under your feet. You have the power. So stop saying, God, do this. God, do that. He's telling you, no, you can do it. I've given you all power. You can do this. If we would yield, if we would yield, if we would yield. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. And our enemy is very real. But it is not human. Don't look at these pictures from this weekend. And you see all them white boys with torches and think they had a problem. It's not. It's the spiritual darkness in this world. It's the spiritual darkness in this world. That's your enemy. So when you're saying, I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to fear. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light in the darkness. 
those people as they can cuss in your face, spit in your face, beat you over the head with a um a pole or a bat, but listen, you're not fighting them. You're fighting those the white supremacy and the hierarchies that have made their way into our nations, like the roots of our nation and even into the church. That's what we're fighting. That's what we're resisting against. So verse 18 of Ephesians 6 says, Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. My prayer for us is that we would pray in the spirit at all times. So if you're in the room and you're saying, you know, social justice, like that's not really a thing that's super important to me. I just pray that you would turn to God, that you would hear from God, seek God, that he would soften your heart to the pain, to the trials, to the discomfort of your brothers and sisters in the room. If there's those of us in here who are completely just disheartened and discouraged, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray for the church that we would be the church. Pray for the church that we would be. Don't turn your back on the church. Your church is your family. Especially this church right here. Don't turn your back on us here. We're going to mess up. We're going to say weird stuff sometimes. But don't turn your back. Pray for your church. Y'all, I just want us to keep the faith, to stay encouraged, to keep going in this fight. Like Makita said, this isn't a lament service, although there are three lives that could be, that are to be mourned today. Uh, the life of Heather Haley and the lives of two police officers, uh, that died in a helicopter crash. It was linked. We don't know how, but it was linked to the rallies this weekend. So please just stay prayerful. But today is not necessarily God, we're mourning and gnashing our teeth. Even if if that's how you feel, that's okay too. But we're looking forward with hope. We're looking forward saying the church can make a difference in this world. The church is not just spinning its wheels. My prayers are not going up, hitting the ceiling and then falling back down to the floor. God hears us. God responds. God knows. He remembers. He sees us. He sees his people. And he wants us to join him in the work of loosing the bonds of wickedness, of undoing the straps of the yoke, and setting the oppressed free. Won't you join the Lord in that work? So right now we're going to have a time of community prayer. Uh, community prayer is a time that we... Uh, just take prayer requests. Uh, we offer, and I'm sorry, not take prayer requests. We offer up prayer as a body. It's a corporate prayer time. So if any of you are hoping to like just pray aloud in this body, this is now is your time. David's going to come up and lead us. Hey, can we um, honor Aaron? I got Lord used her. You know, I just want to um, take this as a uh, teacher lesson before we move towards community prayer. Um, what she just got finished sharing, um, you can't do that from being smart. You can't do that for from um, just putting clever words together. That's coming out of a lifestyle and the word, a lifestyle of remembering scripture, a lifestyle of um, prayer. And, and uh, you know, like Aaron's confessed, she's not perfect. But what you could see is the fruit of somebody that's um, what Paul said to Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And I just want to encourage us because I mean, we're just in a time where, like, people who are on paid staff or people that do uh, professional ministry, it's, it's, it's not enough of us to do the work that's needed to be done. Matter of fact, um, if people find out that we're actually paid clergy or staff, they might even be in suspicion of us. But all of you all are secret agents on your work that really need to be preaching the word, be prepared in season and out of seasons, and uh, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Why? Because for their... Will come a time, which was the time we're in, where people will not 
put up to sound doctrine. Instead, they'll suit their own desires and they will gather around them in great numbers of teachers to say things that are itching to the people's ears that they want to hear and they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But what Paul encouraged Timothy, of which I think the Spirit is encouraging us today, is that you should keep your head in all situations, including this situation, and do a hardship and do the work of evangelists and discharge all duties of your ministry. Guys, we all have uh, work to do. And I just, um, Aaron just modeled something to us. Because when you're seeing the stuff we saw this weekend, you better know the Bible. Because there's no way you're going to be able to have hope. Let me just close this section and then uh, we'll get community prayer. Lord, I just sense you calling us to go deeper. Uh, to, to, to move beyond being a cool church that talks about justice. But there be people that are people of the word, people of prayer, people of fasting, uh, people that aren't getting entertained to death. People that stay woke not because of uh, statistics of injustice, but stay woke because of uh, what the word says. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to be faithful. Help us know how to uh, uh, lament and hope. Help us to uh, just acknowledge what these principalities called white supremacy has done for hundreds of years and how that affects us today. But what we could do to our neighbors, what we can uh, do for the people that we work with, our co-workers, what we could do in our mom groups, what we could do uh, in our families who might not get it, is that we can uh, um, be a conduit for the light of Jesus to come through. So I just really, really pray that you just help us to lean in, to press through, to endure, and to be shaped by your word, more than social media, more than TV, more than the news, more than hopelessness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is time, like if anybody, I'm going to just, if I want to articulate a prayer, if you just want to lift up in this time, it'd be great to have some um, community prayer right now. Uh, we just ask that you... Uh, you know, stick stick to the word, or that you ask that that you um, also be mindful to let. We want to get about three or four folks to be able to pray, so don't take the whole time up and just uh, share some prayers. Father God, I just thank you for um, who you are, and you know you. Uh, It's important that, um, you know, we're able to see your glory and we're able to be grateful. But, you know, right now, um, you know, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of frustration and people are exhausted. And um, we come to you laying that at your feet, asking you, God, asking you to just come in and move. You know, I was thinking um, as Aaron was um, preaching about you know, the, uh, the the 400 years the Israelites had to struggle and all the time that, you know, you had the Israelites waiting for the Messiah and how they had to wait. And, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, the word says that, you know, you're not slow as we consider slowness, but your patience that all might come to repentance. And I'm thinking about, like, the Israelites and how they responded when they were saved and how they were like, oh, we want to go back to Egypt and how even amidst their freedom, they're still wanting to return to what was broken and how the Israelites responded to Jesus um, and, and how they rejected the Messiah that they were that they were crying out for and that they were begging for and how, um, you know, it makes sense. You know, things have to get hard so that we can really truly accept what's right. And, and God, I just, I just ask that people's hearts would be softened, that we would be softened to each other, that we would be able to, to love each other, that we would be able to walk forward, that, that we would not walk as idolaters, worshiping wickedness, worshiping ourselves, worshiping money, living in just comfort, but that we would submit every part of our lives to you, that the church would submit every part of its lives to you, that I would submit every part of my life to you, God. 
that when it comes to loving people, when it comes to loving you, nothing would be in front of that. That people would just begin to heal. And the brokenness that comes from all sides would um would just begin to be restored and made into the beauty that you've called it to be, God. We know that people are made beautiful. We know that we are made beautiful. We know that there's a part of who we are that's, that's so broken by sin, but we are made in the image of God. And even though we defile that every day, your blood covers us. And it covers the people who committed the atrocities yesterday, and, and it covers the people who... Um, who do wicked things when they receive you. And, and so even though, you know, my heart is is, 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 is is for justice, I also cry, God, for mercy, knowing that my sins are on the cross and hoping that they will come to be redeemed and restored will be testaments to your grace and power and mercy. In Jesus' name, God. God, I just thank you. And um, I, I pray, God, that you just move. And that your your kingdom would uh, would just be present here in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, I just feel like I have a tongue, and so I don't know if anyone in this room's heart is like pounding, because um, I don't want to speak it until there's like an interpretation. Um, so if there's anyone in this room that just feels like a quickening in their spirit, just like a heart pounding, um, and if you know that it's you, if you want to come up. Okay, so um, she since she has a tongue. The Bible says in a public setting like this, um, and she's in order by saying, is there anyone here? who operates in the gift of interpretation. Anyone here like that? Interpretation of tongues. Okay? I do, so bring the tongue. And in this moment, people of God hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. He is calling us as his people into a deeper level of being a part of the solution. Jesus Christ is the answer for the brokenness of our world. He is looking for a people who will lean not to their own understanding, but will yield fully over to him. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Break free from your culture. Break free from what the earth tells you. Break free from the American dream. Break free from the American nightmare. Lean into the fullness of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world in Jesus name Amen Father God I just thank you today I thank you that as a local church God I pray for the people of God that we would be even more set free to flow in the gifts of the spirit God I break every hindering spirit of tradition and religiosity that there would be a liberty in this place, God, for people to be open like Kristen was, to be open to God doing new things in ways that have always existed, but that churchianity has tried to squelch. But the evil of our world demands greater manifestations of the power of God. This is our issue today. We must break free from depending on just our ability to reason, to fight these spirits that we are up against. It will take the unadulterated power of God 
And so we cry out today as a local church, we want more of your power. We're not afraid. We're not afraid to look weird. We're not afraid, God. Because when a man can get into an automobile and run over people like puppy toys, why are we afraid to trust your power? No more, God. Lord, I pray for Kristen and others in this local church, God, to continue to be courageous, to believe, to believe that God will speak to us and through us. He will give us wisdom and insight beyond our understanding. He's looking for people who will yield over to him. So we cry out today, God. Yes, we lament what has happened in Charlottesville, but we better be paying attention. It's happening already in Richmond. And what will the church do? Where will the church be? The true church. I'm not talking about religion and religiosity. I'm not talking about kumbaya. I'm talking about the church with manifested signs and wonders that speak to the host of hell. That greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That our lifestyles, not in here right now, the church people all together. But when we're outside of this building, God, when we're in our homes, we're on the block, in our neighborhood, in Walmart, wherever we may be, God, there is a manifestation of your glory. We believe today, God. Well, they may think I'm crazy. You are crazy. But you're the good crazy. You believe in the living God. The resurrected Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's another thing I want to do real quick. If you are a white male, please stand. and the Lord of Lords. What are you saying to these men who on a Sunday afternoon are up here in this building with us? Let's keep it real. A black female preaching. Another black dude get up and talk. Now another black dude got the mic. Come on, God. Speak to these men. There's something you're calling each of them to that they just need to hear your voice. Just hear your voice and say, I'm in. Now, God, I take authority over every lie. Every lie of the enemy that would try to come against them, God. Every condemnation that would try to come against them, oh God. Every spirit of fear that would try to hold them back from being unashamed of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you laid down your life for them. Help them lay down whatever's trying to hold them back for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you clap your hands for these men? Would you do that? Praise God. You can have your seat, gentlemen. Amen. Jesse. When Kristen was giving um, her word, I just felt like the Lord prompted me to look up Galatians 6, starting at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man need to lean into the fruit of the spirit ourselves we need to sow the fruit of the spirit and i just want to pray lord that um, each one of us here would sow good seed that each one of us here would um, just begin to exhibit the fruit of the spirit and lord we pray also that those who are sowing unto destruction would wake up lord that they would see that the things that are happening in this nation are not just by accident. It is what has been sown over so many years, and now it's being reaped. And Lord, I pray that we would not sow alongside them uh, unto destruction, but that we would sow unto life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This goes right along with what Jesse had said and what what Don has prayed. I felt like, as I was praying about this yesterday afternoon, I felt like the, the Lord led me to a number of scriptures. Um, Joel and 
and also to Peter. And Peter said, what sort of people ought we to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the day of the Lord? What we do How we relate to the Lord makes a difference in the timetable. Or he wouldn't have said that. And Peter also goes on to say, Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. And I felt like as I was praying about this, I felt like the Lord was saying, the time has come and now is when you will find your stability in me or you will find no stability at all. And and I, I want to encourage you, if you look in Revelation 5 and Revelation 8, In two places there, the Lord talks about our prayers. Our prayers being placed in bowls before the throne. And incense is added to those prayers. Those ones that we can only half squeak out, that we're not even sure make any sense. Incense is added to those prayers to give them additional power. And the Lord is waiting for those bowls to be full. And he's calling us, please, to pray the prayers that will bring us closer to him. And Lord, I pray that we will, with courage, Lord, and with the love and grace and mercy that only you can place in our hearts, Lord, that we will remember what Aaron said, that our enemy is real and that he is powerful and that he is not human and that we will bring before you, Lord, the prayers that you place in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly reflect what you give us to pray in our place, in our time, Lord, to add to those bowls before your holy throne. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Hi, um, so as I was sitting here, like, I always have this struggle when things like this happen. Like, I start to get, like, a really fast, like, heartbeat, and sometimes I'll be like, well, it's okay, you can do it next time, and I've put it off for a long time, but as I was sitting there, I just started to shake, like, literally shake, and my ears were, like, just burning, like, it felt like there was just some sort of power inside of me, and I had to say something, so, um, I just want to pray for, like, my generation, because... We are going to be the ones who will have to change these things. And um, just being a black female, like, in this world, like, it's not easy, like, with the amount of spiritual maturity that people will say that I have. Um, I just want to pray for our generation. Um, God, I just thank you for all these people gathered here today. And I thank you for the conviction that you've given me. And I just pray that the people who are growing alongside me, that you will give us the desire to be educated so that we can tell others, our peers, our friends, our parents, whoever, that God is real and that these things don't have to happen if we would just have a desire to stop them. And we don't have to do it with fighting or war. We can do it with peace and love if we would just trust you and rely on you. And I just pray that for anyone in here who is of our generation that's growing up, I pray that they will know that they don't have to be ashamed of the gospel because when God is ready for you to act, you will act whether you like it or not. And I just pray that you will continue to stir in our hearts a desire to change these things, God. Just because we're children doesn't mean we don't have the power to do it. 
Um, and I pray that we will use the things that you've given us for your glory and that you will just move us to stop this, just to stop all of this systemic just issues. And I just pray that with your help that you will challenge me to just use the influence that I have to speak to my friends and my peers whether I look weird or crazy like the just the black girl that wants to speak out about everything because she's black but um, I just pray that you'll give me that desire and the courage to do that even when it's not what everyone around me is doing and I just ask this in your name Amen Hear the words from Jesus um, in John chapter 16. Um, So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Verse 33, I have said this to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Guys, I'm going to do um, Susie, Wendell, and then uh, Toya, and then we'll have to close it up. I've been sitting here trying to fight to actually stand up, but I'm just going to say what the Lord said when Kristen spoke. I heard Shekinah glory, fear of the Lord, Shekinah glory, fear of the Lord. And then I saw this image, and it was like the Red Sea, and it parted. And on the side was light, but down down the middle was a dark path, but that was God's path. And so when you're walking through your day, if it feels like overwhelmingly like God, but scary as all get out, go. Just go and follow that path, because that is the path that leads you to stand up when you can't stand up, when people around you, and you might feel like this fear. That is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is scary as all get out, but Shekinah glory always comes with it, which means people's lives are set free. People know Jesus. People walked across the Red Sea and were saved and their lives were changed and they were able to leave um, just destruction and death and um, overbearing power. And so, Lord God, all I ask is that we tangibly can not only see your kind of glory, Lord God, but that we know in our hearts and our soul and our spirit the fear of the Lord, that it be what leads us, that it's not that scary fear of what the world tries to scare us with, but it is the fear that the glory of God is a cloud before us, that your presence is with us, and that you hem in behind us so that nothing will stand against the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And instead, lives will change, people will know the Lord, our enemies will become our brothers and sisters, and God, you will be the one who is glorified. So we'll go to Toya, then I'll go to Wendell. You close, Wendell. I'm another person that didn't want to say anything, but I heard a word when Kristen was speaking. God said, I am your God. Turn away from your idols, tear them down, and seek my face if you want me to heal your land. I am your God. I am the only God. And you must tear down your idols and seek my face if you want me to heal your land. I believe the central word we've heard today and I've been hearing for the last few months is prayer is the work. Father, you are the intercessor for us and for all of those that you are touching. Father, give us your passion. Teach us how to pray because we can't, we can't generate that on our own. We just grow so tired. We Get bored, Father, give us your passion and teach us to pray as only you can and do. In your name, amen. All right, I'm going to get the uh, worship team to come up. If you, um, you know, man, we've just been pressing in today in uh, ways of just, just really getting the sense that the Lord is just having us to mature, to lean in a little bit more. Uh, it's not enough just to hear a word and go home, but uh, liturgy means the work of the people. So the Lord really wants us to, I mean, you saw God speaking through various folks, different generations, different cultures, different spaces. And so, um, so we're going to do, um, the worship team is going to just sing one more song together. Um, parents, uh, you can... Um, 
you know, get your children, either you sing a song and get your children or just at the appropriate time, um, try to get your children soon. Um, but let's just stand and just kind of close and singing. Everybody knows this. <laughs> Let us come on one accord to lift up praises to our King. There is splendor and power all around Him. And we will gather all together, every nation, tribe, creed, and color. Put our differences aside and let our Father be glorified. And the earth shall know His name. And the earth will sing His praise. And all of the earth. want to say, Aaron, thank you again for the Lord use you in this time. And let's close with this word from the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done all you can, you just what? Stand. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.